Welcome to part one of Health System CIO's interview with Kevin Weiss, CIO at Best Self Behavioral Health. In this segment, Weiss talks about why CIOs should serve as a guide during an EHR migration while ensuring clinical and business experts have the most input, how the organization is utilizing tools like phone counseling and Zoom to ensure care continuity, and the difficult balance required to keep major projects on track during a pandemic. As much as 80% of patient information is unstructured and stored outside of an EMR, Highland Healthcare helps complete the patient record by consolidating and connecting this unstructured content to core clinical systems. With a full suite of content services and enterprise imaging solutions, Highland gives clinicians a single view of all documents and medical images associated with the patient via the EMR, enabling more informed health decisions and improving patient outcomes. Highland Healthcare. See your whole patient. Visit highlandhealthcare.com to learn more. Okay. The best place to start is um, just a high-level look at the organization, you know, where you're based, a little bit of the history, um, just to give us some context. Sure. Best Self, you know, we're the largest community-based behavioral health organization uh, serving children and adults here in the Western New York area. Uh, we serve mostly folks with mental health and substance use disorders. We provide a, a full continuum, a continuum of person-centered, trauma-informed, behavioral health treatment, rehabilitation, recovery services. You know, Best Self was created uh, back in June of 2017 when two organizations, Child and Adolescent Treatment Services and Lakeshore Behavioral Health, uh, merged. Okay, and then you're based in the Buffalo area? Correct. Yeah, we're based in the Buffalo uh, and surrounding areas. We have approximately 15 outpatient clinics, but we provide services in over 70 locations in the surrounding area here. Okay. And you belong to, is it Healthy Link? Correct. Yep. So Healthy Link is the health information exchange or, or Rio you know, that's in the uh, Western New York area. And um, you know, we participate with them. We've had a, a good relationship with them for several years now, and then we both receive data from them, and we also um, contribute data to the Rio as well. Okay, and that's a fairly large health information exchange, right? It is large. Um, it covers multiple counties. So now at Best Self, what type of EHR systems do you have in place? So our, our primary EHR system is a Cerner product. Okay. And, and we're actually, we're transitioning. Um, we're implementing a new Cerner product currently. So for, for many years, we've used what's called their Cerner Community Behavioral Health Platform. Okay. And now we're in the process of implementing their Cerner Millennium Platform. Okay. What point are you right now in that process? So we kicked off implementation back in October of 2019. So right now we're really... We're sort of in the build phase, I guess you would say, sort of building the system behind the scenes, preparing it. We're uh, planning to do some training probably in summer slash early fall of this year. And then we have a tentative go live for late 2020 or early 2021. Okay. And what was the impetus for switching to Millennium? It was a couple of things. One, the current product that we're using is it's a legacy product. It's not as robust 
as certainly Cerner Millennium and even many other EHR products that are you know, on the market nowadays. And then secondly, Best Self is also one of the lead organizations in a behavioral health IPA here in Western New York. So the four lead organ and behavioral health organizations all came to a consensus that it would make sense if we could be on the same EHR platform. Right. Okay. And so you're in build phase now. What's the focus right now as part of that? The focus right now is taking a look at what's in our current EHR system from staff accounts to um, programs that we have built in and appointment types, schedules. So looking at our current state, you know, EHR, if you will, extracting some of that data and, you know, getting into a format that Cerner can then use to build in the new EHR system. Okay. Like at this point, are you working with, with certain groups of clinicians or how is that being approached right now, just as far as um, getting their input? Sure. So we developed, I guess it was the third quarter of 2019, um, we started to develop our project and our committee structure. Um, mm-hmm. So we developed, um, you know, a Cerner Millennium Steering Committee, consists of about 10 individuals. We then also developed around 15 or so advisory committees you know, within the project. And those advisory committees represent various clinical areas of the business. And then so each of those advisory committees has a, you know, a lead and then, you know, a few other stakeholders as well will have input into that particular area of the project. Okay. And is this something that you personally have have gone through as far as switching systems? I have. So I've been with Best Self here about six and a half years. And prior to my time here, I worked for a medical software company for about eight years. And I, I served as a project manager and a trainer, you know, for that organization. So, you know, okay. I worked and implemented EHR and practice management systems at, well, I think it's around 130 physician practices. Okay. And so as you're doing this now, are you able to kind of leverage some of those lessons learned? Certainly. I obviously have a lot of experience in that area. You know, we're approaching the project with proper planning, proper project management principles, trying to establish and follow along good governance principles, you know, when it comes to decision making and change management. And it's just, you know, it's making sure that we involve, you know, the right people, that we get the right input. I'm obviously in the technology area of the business, but I always say that I'm just sort of trying to kind of guide the process here. We really need our clinical and business experts to, you know, have the most input you know, when it comes to the decisions on build and workflow and implementation. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that certainly makes sense. It's just a matter of finding ways to incorporate all of that. Certainly. And, you know, like I said, you know, we've established a committee structure, so we have good involvement. Um, We've already established a super users group that will be responsible for becoming super users of the system and assisting us with training you know, we try and send regular communications, even though certain groups may not be meeting for a period of time. You know, we try and keep everybody right. in the loop with what's going on so they have a sense of involvement in the, in the project. Okay, so I'm sure that that's taking up a, a lot of time or a big focus right now. Now, as far as what's been happening with coronavirus, 
Can you talk a bit about how that has impacted your strategy and your organization's response strategy? Sure. So we, I think, have done well overall in responding to the coronavirus. Um, mm -hmm. and, you know, the, the effect it's having on our, our region here. You know, we've established a COVID response team um, that consists of around 25 individuals that have been meeting daily and just discussing everything from technology to workflow to employee and, and, and patient health and how we're going to maintain business continuity here, if you will, throughout COVID-19. You know, we're in a good position to scale our technology here at Best Self. We made some server infrastructure improvements right when we thought we knew we might be having to deploy some people to work remotely. So we were able to, to get that done pretty quickly. We were doing some telehealth prior to the COVID-19. So okay. really all we had to do was scale up our, our resources and our software to, to really do more of that. So the vast majority of our services now for the past couple of weeks are all being done via telehealth. Okay. What did that entail as far as uh, scaling that up? I mean, I'm sure it did help that, as you said, you had started to do some telehealth. So the telehealth piece, um, we were lucky in a sense that the majority of our workforce have laptops as their mm -hmm. you know, primary computing device. So that certainly makes it easier for them to, to transport that machine to a, an alternate work site or home. You know, we keep a, a loaner inventory here, you know, in IT. So we, had, we did a survey of the workforce. Um, we found out, you know, who didn't have a, a machine that they could use at home to work. And then we were able to deploy them loaner notebooks uh, to use. We purchased at the time whatever webcams we could get our hands on. For those people who maybe you know, didn't have a, a camera or had a desktop machine, for example. Mm -hmm. um, and then on the software side, we really just had to scale up our licensing with our okay. you know, with the vendor that we use for telehealth. Okay. Okay. So have there been bandwidth issues or uh, not really since, as you said, you were able to, to kind of scale up that licensing? We haven't really encountered any significant bandwidth issues. Mm -hmm. Now, certainly we've made it clear to staff that, you know, if you're working remotely, you know, you may not have the, the bandwidth and uh, internet performance that you might have at your work site. So, you know, we think that we've taken care of and addressed performance issues on the, the infrastructure side with some enhancements to our remote server infrastructure, um, but then also mm -hmm. pointed out to clinicians that if you're working remotely, if you're at home, which a lot of our folks are, you know, you may encounter some limitations with performance, you know, there. Right. Okay. And have you been in touch with other similar facilities just in terms of, um, you know, how they're handling some of these challenges, uh, like that are specific to behavioral health? You know, I've had some, uh, some brief contact with some local colleagues who are working through the same challenges you know, that, that we are, you know, we haven't had a ton of communication because we've all been pretty busy at our own organizations We're trying right, to, right, to sure. meet the needs of the workforce. But I think, you know, many of them have, like we have deployed some telehealth solutions. Uh, New York State has also allowed us to do phone counseling with our clients. Okay. So if we have clients who maybe don't have access to the internet, 
uh, don't have a computer, don't have a smartphone, that we're able to carry out uh, just basic telephone counseling with them. Right. And because of the nature of, of what your organization does, I'm sure that it has been so important to try to have some continuity or at least, you know, be able to, uh, to reach patients, especially those who are really in need of services. Yeah, absolutely. And, and especially at a time like this, you find that yeah. patients can be even more understressed and, you know, maybe have more anxiety yeah. and more worry considering what's happening. So our, our staff have been great. You know, we have about a thousand employees. Our, our counseling staff have been outstanding. We've been reaching out to clients. We've been offering phone counseling or telehealth to them. And we found that a lot of people are really, really enjoying that experience. Mm -hmm. uh, I think in many cases, it makes it more convenient for them to, yeah. to get the care that they need. Um, they're not going to travel into an office. And some of them just really like to, to use the technology. In addition to individual counseling, we're also doing group counseling sessions now via telehealth. And uh, a lot of clients have really enjoyed the opportunity to do that. It's allowing them to sort of stay connected you know, with other folks where they might not otherwise see since we're all spending so much time in the home nowadays. Right. And is that done through um, platforms like Zoom? Yes, correct. Uh, Zoom is um, our telehealth platform. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure that that's just incredibly important because, uh, you, you know, you think about the loss of, of support groups and, and that's something that really would be, uh, could be detrimental. So, you know, and we've worked with some folks who maybe never used a lot of technology. So in some cases, you know, we've helped folks, you know, create an email address, for example, and get them using, used to using maybe an app on a smartphone or, you know, using Zoom via the internet. And it's been a really good experience in, in that respect for you know, a lot of folks. Yeah. All of the initiatives related to the outbreak are extremely important, but I'm sure that you also still have to stay on some of the other tasks, especially when you're talking about what's being done in terms of your EHR. And has that been challenging to kind of uh, stay on task with that, or have you had to kind of reprioritize? Uh, we've certainly had to reprioritize and put a pause on a few of the initiatives and projects that we had going on. We feel here, you know, after about three weeks or so of really the telehealth that we've been doing, we feel that we've sort of, you know, reached our, our steady state, I guess, from a service standpoint. And we think we're going to start to be able to re-engage in some of these other projects here soon. We certainly had several of them on the, the roadmap here for 2020. Right. Right. And what you said about doing this switch to Millennium and how it's going to, to help the data flow, um, that, that's something that you really want to to be able to, to continue to do or stay on that path? We do. Obviously, we're working with a vendor. Um, we have timelines in place and, and, and milestones to meet. So we prefer not to have to delay those, if at all possible. You know, the reality is folks have been consumed with other things for a few weeks. So we, we've reduced the frequency of some of those Cerner project meetings, but we're looking to reestablish that here over the next couple of weeks and um, continue to do as much planning as we can to continue to keep that project on target. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.